Before we jump in today's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show, I wanted to let you guys know about our brand new partnership with the DFS platform Parlay Play. Please use our code GRIDIRONFS for a 100% deposit match up to $100 plus a $5 free play game. Parlay Play is a new DFS platform. Much like Underdog, the more you put on your slip, the more you hit, the higher the multiplier is. So again, use our code GRIDIRONFS on Parlay Play. Got it up! And short, Agnew! Brings it out of the end zone. Agnew still running. Agnew down the sideline. Agnew touchdown Jacksonville. A hundred and nine yard incredible. Again to the sideline. Pat it on. Oh God! Stokely down the sideline. Can they catch up? Stokely. Wow! Welcome in to the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul, joined by my co-host as always, Derek. Derek, we're going to talk some good old dynasty football tonight. Got a lot on our show sheet to go over, so we'll go ahead and dive right into it. We saw a couple of trades go down in our leagues within the past week since we recorded last. And the first one up, Mac Jones was traded for a 20-24 first. Looks like it's going to be a late first. And the gentleman that is acquiring Mac Jones, unfortunately, had Aaron Rodgers. So he went out and threw away his late first and got himself a replacement quarterback. What do you think about that deal? I don't think it's a bad deal at all. I think Mac Jones is worth the first. Um, he's actually had a decent, good, decently good year so far starting off. Uh, I, I don't hate it. And it's an immediate reaction to losing Aaron Rodgers. I'm assuming this guy, like you said, is going to be a late first. So he's obviously a contender. Anytime you can only trade away one first, going to start a QB for at least a year, I'm not going to hate it. Yeah, getting Mac Jones some damn weapons, I tell you. He's looked really good this season. I th- I'd say the best he's looked his whole career. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think if he had like a – I mean, we can say this about any quarterback. If they had a true alpha wide receiver or wide receiver one, you know, quarterbacks would look a lot better unless you're Justin Fields. But I think Mac Jones has definitely looked the best he's looked his whole career, though NFL-wise. I mean, through two games so far, he's got almost 600 total yards of offense. He's put up almost 300 total yards a game. And coming from Mac Jones, that's pretty spectacular, I'd say. Also lacking the the weapons, like you said. I mean, yeah, not bad. Uh, I would like to see him not turn the ball over quite as much, but – that through two games, he's got a say almost sixty nine percent completion percentage. He said almost six hundred yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, it's it's not bad. I personally think it's the best he's looked, like you said. And he did play two very tough defenses in Philly in the opener, and then Dolphins just yesterday. So it's not like he played some lackluster opponents like the Texans or Cardinals. He played two playoff teams that are going to be contending for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and if you like you said, if you look at that Eagles game, I mean that's 
the better game he had outside of completion percentage. He had a higher QB rating, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. I'd take that all day. Yeah, I'd say the Mac Jones side won in this one, considering it's a late first. Uh, if I needed a QB one, if I need a starting quarterback to plug and play every week, I'd be perfectly fine giving up a late first. If we're talking as my quarterback three insurance policy, I probably wouldn't be paying that much. But given this guy's starting him every week now, it's a pretty damn good get. For yeah, a single well, yeah, I would assume that if him losing Aaron Rodgers, this was like an immediate replacement for Aaron Rodgers, uh, which to me is easier said than done. But if you only if you're only giving up a late first to do it for a young quarterback who, you know, might be on like the Daniel Jones path of you know three four years in starts playing better and gets that extension, I don't I don't hate it. I think it's a good move. I'd, I'd do it. And I'm pretty sure he also has Pat Mahomes as his QB1. So he can afford to have Aaron Rodgers previously. Now he can afford to have Mac Jones. He only needs yeah. half a quarterback. Yeah, as we like to say, you know, Patrick Mahomes' floor is about 30 points in our league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Mac Jones, more than serviceable. I'd be more concerned who his QB3 is for the bye weeks. That's a big old zilt, buddy. Nada? Nothing? Nothing. Flying by the seat of his pants. Well, that makes sense. Maybe there'll be an injury or something. He'll he'll figure something out. And we'll move on to the second trade. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was moved for a 2025 third-round pick. Of course, this happened the day after the Achilles injury was confirmed. So the guy... Straight up, did the whole Scott Connor auto accept, put in the chat. I'll take any third for J.K. Dobbins, and somebody gave a 25 third. Which, now that I think of that, need to make sure that guy paid his 25 dues already. I don't think he has. Yeah, I got to look into that. But um, I think this is a perfectly fair trade. You know, I'd, I know as well as you, we're probably both pretty well out on J.K. Dobbins. If you can trade him and get anything out of him at this point, I think it's worth the worth the trade. So a third, although it's two years out, I'd do it. Oh, yeah, I'd be tickled, tickled to death to get a third after it was confirmed. Absolutely. If not, he's going to ride on your team or you're going to take a meaningless fourth. And yeah, nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, a, a third, I mean – you know, we're, we're talking, you know, hardly any value whatsoever, but it's, you know, it's a third two years out. And it could always be a sweetener in a later trade or, you know, just stackpiling draft draft capital is never a bad thing, especially for a decaying asset, in my opinion. Uh, and then it, you take all the risk away by not having J.K. Dobbins. He unfortunately hadn't been able to stay healthy. I do this in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Get anything liquid that you could possibly use again later on. Yep, 100%. Those are all the trades we got for this week. Unfortunately, you and I were not involved in either of them. But got a little bit a little bit of movement, some instant reactions. Like I said, both of those went down pretty quickly. Pretty, pretty quickly after both injuries, respectively. I like it. Oh, yeah. Definitely an instant reaction on that one. Yeah, can't be mad at it, you know, because that guy that traded, I mean, for both really in a way, you know, yeah. the guy that traded away Mac Jones could have probably got a little more out of him, 
squeezed him a little bit more, especially considering he only has one QB in Patrick Mahomes. Which I'm surprised he didn't squeeze the juice a little more. You got one quarterback, you just lost Aaron Rodgers. And you, which albeit 24 first is good value to get for him, but I would have tried to get a little bit more. Yeah, I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in the same boat. You know, we're these are liquid assets and the values are always moving and they're not always the same value based on which team is asking to buy them. You know, if, if you're in a QB needy situation and you only have one quarterback and we're in a super flex league, I'm going to have to have a little sweetener on top compared to a guy that wants him as QB three. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. There's only so many opportunities to squeeze the juice like that. And right there was the most opportune opportunity you could have. Yeah, you have, you have all the leverage. So I, I believe in taking advantage of that leverage. Oh, sure. We'll move on to a couple injuries, unfortunately, from this past week. Uh, David Montgomery, I believe it was a groin injury or a thigh injury, one of those two. But he's going to be out for, I think, up to a month. So we'll see a lot more of Craig Reynolds. Hopefully, Jameer Gibbs has an expanded role in his absence. Saquon has another ankle sprain. Just ordinary run-of-the-mill. Nothing out of the ordinary, as the Giants said. Two to three weeks for him. And then, man, this past weekend was the concussion weekend of all be-all. A-Rich, Waddle, Devontae Adams, uh, Logan Thomas, all concussed. And I know for sure A-Rich, Waddle are in the concussion protocol. I'm not 100% sure about Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It was like week one was the Achilles tear week, you know, for everybody playing on AstroTurf. And this week it was concussion protocol week. Uh, it, it sucks. Concussions are always going to be a part of the game. but And I hope these guys are able to get through concussion protocol, be safe, and play. Yeah, that's the one thing with the concussion protocol. You They can still practice all week, but we don't know come game time if they're going to be cleared. Right. So can't bake on anything with a concussion, unfortunately. Now I think we need to – well, not we, but the NFL in general needs to uh, be a little bit more hands-on and stuff like that considering what happened last year with Tua. You know, hate, would hate to see that happen again. It sucks for us as fantasy football degenerates, but – these guys have lives too. That they do, my friend. That's one thing we, not we, but in general, people seem to forget. Yes, sir. That and they need to have a life after football. This is true. Move into some additional segments here this evening. Just a little review of week two. I wasn't too noteworthy, I would say, out of. The Bengals shit the bed again for most of the game. Burrow got it going just a little bit too late. I believe he also said he tweaked his calf again, so maybe that's had something to do with it. He's still not fully healthy as of yet. They almost came back in the very end against the Ravens. Couldn't pull it out. Couldn't get the third down stop. But at least the offense started to hum a little bit. T. Higgins bounced back in a big way, was the leading receiver. Jamar Chase is still on the struggle bus. But the Bengals did this last year. Start off 0-2, finished 12-4. Yeah, 12-4 because of the Bills game. So went 12-2 the rest of the way. 
I'm not too worried about him. You know, with everything considered, not the first time Burrow's banged up. Just give it some time. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Um, I think I would be a little bit more concerned about the Browns having your number than starting off 0-2. You know, that 24-3 week one loss was absolutely terrible, and I was legitimately concerned for Joe Burrow. Uh, He has moved in my dynasty rankings along with uh, Jamar Chase. I'm I'm not worried, but they have shifted. Like we have been starting, or like we've been saying, these are liquid assets. Their values always change. So, you know, if you have a dud week, expect the change. And Jamar had a back-to-back dud week. Frankly, T. Higgins, like you said, looked good. Leading receiver caught both touchdowns from Burrow. So, you know, he looking like that alpha he could be. Yep, it's a pretty much an all-season tryout for him. There's going to be. Plenty of suitors that could use him as the number one next year. Let's Carolina, out, New boys. England. I, think yeah, I like both of those. Five or six right off the bat without any current player movement that could use him dearly. I'd like to see him go to Carolina. That'd be a pretty good get for Bryce Young. And then, you know, the rest of the wide receiver, maybe keep Adam Thielen for one more year and watch Jonathan Mingo hopefully grow alongside. That'd be sweet. That'd be a pretty good tandem in a couple of years, I would assume. I think they're well, hoping for it. Went on to our game of the week that we cursed once again. We thought the Chiefs and Jags would be filled with offense, two top five quarterbacks, good running backs, good receivers. Well, not so much. T-Law did not do much of anything for fantasy. I have him in a couple leagues. He barely scraped over double digits for me. Just a defensive slugfest. Nothing too pretty, nothing like what we expected. But again, nothing to overreact to, I'd say. Nothing to really worry about. Just defenses showed up, and they were hot. Travis Kelsey finally came back. I shouldn't say finally. He only missed a week, but uh, was able to get out there, catch four balls, and got a touchdown, and then uh, rubbed my nose a little bit. Sky Moore did all right. He also had three catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown, so – you know, in a defensive slugfest, I'll take that, man. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I bet you will with that inflated 70-something yards. Even though 50 of it came in the, the weaning seconds of the game. I'll, I'll take it. Still counts all the same, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's 17-9. It was 10-9 before that, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's move on to week three. Like I said, I, I personally don't have anything else in week two in particular to bring up. You got anything other than you know, your Cowboys dominated once again defensively? But yeah, but you, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not, not gonna I'm not gonna swing that fence too too hard because it, you know, Zach Wilson. I was a lot more interested in this game when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. Um I think the Cowboys might be legit, but we'll see. It's only week two. Yeah, you're right. But move on to week three. A couple of games we're looking forward to. I'd say number one, probably our game of the week, the Falcons and Lions. Like we said earlier, Montgomery's out for a couple weeks. Hopefully, Jameer Gibbs gets to step up in his absence. We're going to see the first head-to-head Jameer versus Bijan game. That'll be fun. And Desmond Ritter played extremely well last week, better than week one. We actually got to see him run a little bit which I think will be key for him because his running can open up the passing game, make it a lot easier for the offense as a whole. But still, Kyle Pitts had under 
three and a half receptions last week. I think he only had two. Still not getting him involved, man. It is really pissing me off. Yeah, I'm with you. He had two for 15. Uh, obviously, I think you and I are both pretty big Kyle Pitts stands. Uh, we're still holding out hope, but I, man, I'm, I'm thinking it's just an offense problem. I don't think it's a Kyle Pitts problem. Drake London showed up, caught a touchdown, so he was much improved from his lonely target in week one. Yeah, six for 67 and a TD. He'll take that. I will, too. Bijan was the star of the show. He had, what, more than 15 carries, I think. He had four catches, heavily involved. He was a big part of them and driving down the field for the game-winning drive. Shoot, he had almost 20 carries. He had 19 for 124 and then four catches for almost 50. I mean, he... He killed it. He, he, he yeah, did Bajan stuff. Bajan being Bajan. Yeah, so this game will be a fun one to watch. Still up in the air. If I think it's going to be a slow-paced game or more quicker. You know, the Lions and Falcons are on opposite ends of that spectrum. Anytime you play the Falcons, you know it's going to be a slowed-down, drawn-out game. But maybe the Lions can speed them up a little bit, get some points on the board. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, kind of getting back to what you said earlier, I'm excited to see what they do with Jameer Gibbs with David Montgomery out. Uh, last week he had – or this week he had seven carries, 17 yards, but he also had seven catches for almost 40. You know, so if, if we can see him get even closer to that 20 touch, you know, touches in a game, be pretty excited. I, I still love me some Jameer. Yeah, I'm not panicking on him at all. I know some people are. I've seen the question raised a lot. What do we do with them? That this is his role every week. Is he really worth what we put into him? Should we move him for what we can get? Blah, blah, blah. It's week two. Don't panic. His role is going to be different from week to week, depending on game script, it appears. But he got more touches than week one. He yeah, is a rookie. He's going to be slowly incorporated into this offense more and more. Um He's a PPR machine. He wasn't going to come in and be that workhorse back like Bijan seems to be. And, you know, we like at the running back position. He's he's going to just get touches wherever he can get touches. That and they signed Dave Montgomery. You know, thankfully, unthankfully, he got hurt. But, you know, he, he was going to be the, the leading carrier for that team in the meantime, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. And the other game I had put down – was the Colts and Ravens. Obviously, I did this pre-concussion to A. Rich. If A. Rich doesn't play, I'm not too interested in this game anymore. But if he does, it'll be fun to watch him versus Lamar head-to-head. He makes that offense go so far. Without A. Rich, this offense is next to nothing, I'd say, with Gardner Minshew back there. Yeah, without A. Rich, this offense is abysmal, like you said. Um I, I, I'm with you. I hope A. Rich is healthy as well. It's like the old guard versus the new guard. Not calling Lamar old necessarily, but uh, they, they have some very similar ways of playing. I think A. Rich is a lot more talented, has the way more, way more, that sounds terrible, is a way better passer. So, and I think he's got better weapons. Yeah, he just might. He just might. There are. They might be about even. Neither of them are too. Oh, Lamar's got this, this, and this, and A. Rich has this, this, and this. I don't get too excited for either of the supporting cast for him, to be honest with you. 
They both got a star for their standards. You know, no JT, no JK. Col- the running games are going to suck. Would you say the Colts O-line's a little better? I mean, just dipping I down would, a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I also, currently, I think I like the Colts offense better than the Ravens, too. I haven't been entirely impressed with the Ravens offense so far. No, but I kind of figured this would happen. A new OC with a whole new philosophy and scheme, making Lamar try- more of a passer. It- trying to make players not necessarily something they aren't, but something they haven't been. Yeah, I, I can get down with that. I figured they would sputter a little bit coming out of the gates. They'll get it together. Lamar's flashed previously. He can throw the ball a lot. He's just got to get used to it. And yeah. especially now, I don't – I want to see where they go with the run game. Without their lead back, now they got the band of misfits once again. Do they start to lean back towards Lamar to run the ball more? Or do they stick with the scheme and the game plan and keep chucking ahead? Well, at least they still have Gus Edwards. <clears throat> I mean, Lamar was the little carrier against your Bengals, but Gus Edwards, you know, got the rushing touchdown and had more yards. Yeah, and speaking of the Bengals, third game I had down was the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night, Rams at Bengals. Uh, Jaworo might not be playing. He might be sitting down for a little while. The spread opened at six and a half for the Bengals to be favorite. It is now down to two. And I believe that's because Burrow came out and said he tweaked his calf, and maybe he's just going to take a break. Is that the that same calf he? Is that the same calf he tweaked in the preseason? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I'd, be mad I'd, at it. I'd rather him sit than possibly, you know, pull an Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jamar said after it happened, he did an interview during practice that I don't want to see you till week five. Go That's rest. What Jamar said, get "Healthy, yeah, go rest, yeah. get healthy, come back in a couple weeks when we really need you." Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jamar on that one. No, I mean, it, would it be sweet to see him go out there and beat the Rams? Yeah, but it's not the same as a Super Bowl. It's a week three regular season game. If it takes you two weeks to get healthy and have no potential getting injured later in the season, I'd much rather that than run the risk of getting injured the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm with you on that, especially being a Bengals fan, signing to that new contract. Let him take at least a week off, maybe two, reevaluate, see where he's at. Again, even if we go 0-4, he comes back week five. There's still 13 games left. Plenty of time to make a wild card spot. Season wouldn't be completely over. Yeah, still got complete. Still got plenty of season left, like you said. It's it's not worth it. I'd sit out 100%. If he plays, though, that will be a good game. It would be. Um, who's your Who's your backup quarterback? Oh, yes, be too fast. Is it Trevor Simeon, or is he gone? No, I believe we cut him. It might be Jake Browning, really the former uh, Washington Husky. Yep, took him to the playoffs. Yeah, I like Jake Browning. He was all right. Let's see. Yep, Jake Browning. But we also signed uh, Will Greer. That's right. Practice squad. Let so, him play. Will Greer's got it. He's played more competitive football than Browning lately. That's true. 
But that's all I got for week three. You know, as far as matchups, fantasy matchups, not a whole hell of a lot to get into at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you on that, brother. Well, we'll go ahead and hop into our usual dynasty report. You know, any ranking me? Ranking movements, value changes that we have. Well, go ahead and speak our piece now. And I'll lead it off with your top 10 running back, DeAndre Swift. He had probably the best game of his career on Thursday against the Vikings. Do you think that justifies his top 10 ranking? And are you trying to sell why the strike while the iron's hot and sell? Or are you holding on to hopefully ride this into a consistent role for him? I mean, to be completely honest, I, this offense doesn't look the same as it did last year. And I get that it's not the same, but you got a lot of key pieces that return. Really, DeAndre Swift's about the only one skill position-wise that's different than last year. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he's just hit, not hitting targets or if the play calling's different. I might ride this out personally. I've got DeAndre. I moved DeAndre Swift from uh, number 10 on my dynasty rankings up to eight. You know, not, not a big swing, but after that performance, I'd – I respect it. And I, obviously, I think he had a chip on his shoulder, too, which probably pushed him to, you know, play at his best, play harder. Uh, but with the way this offense is looking right now, I'd honestly would probably ride this guy out for the rest of the season. Uh, depending on team situation. Now, if, you know, if you're contending, I would say, yes, ride him out. If you're not and looking to capitalize on value, right now is time to sell. So you're not worried about good old Kenny Gainwell? Hell no. He's back healthy? Nope. Not at all. Very interesting. You know, me, I have DeAndre Swift all the way down there at 25. Yeah, you're crazy for that, friend. So, I, if I have him, I'd be striking while the iron's hot, given his injury history, given this offense typically goes with RBBC. I try to get out while the getting's good and move on to pivot on to something else. But he did look really good, but he was about the only show in town. Penny did not look good whatsoever. He looked like he's lost a step, which, of course, coming off injury, first game back, maybe he'll start looking better. But right now, I don't think he's going to be much of nothing for him, especially when Kenneth Gainwell comes back. Yeah, I'm with you on Penny. I'm not. I'm not too concerned with that. Uh, I think I was more concerned, honestly, in week one. The, the most thing I was concerned with was DeAndre Swift only getting one carry for three yards. But you know, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Yep, new week, more carries for him. That's right. And other news. Oh, my Lord. Looks like Nick Chubb might be uh, missing some time. Cart came out for him, and I'm watching the replay of the injury, and it it does not look good for his left knee. Did he get a Willis McGahee? From the side, yeah. That yeah, sucks. it did not look good. So I would anticipate just from watching it, of course, I'm no doctor or nothing like that, but it does not look good. The cleat was stuck in the ground, got hit right on the side of the knee. and Oh, yep, I'm watching yep, it now. Yep. Oh, that, oh. Ow. Yeah, that's 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 ugly, man. I can't watch that no more. Yeah, so make, make your plans. Make them in a hurry. Get that drum forward. 
Maybe Kareem Hunt's going to come back to town. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll, he's going to miss some time. I'd say he's done for the season. That That's ACL meniscus. It's probably all tore. Which he's had a couple knee injuries before. I'm not quite sure which knee, but he had something similar to Georgia that was pretty nasty going to the sidelines. Yeah, praise up for him. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery and by a strike of lightning, maybe it's not as serious as we thought. It's just hyperextension or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that that's all it is, but yeah, prayers up for him. That's for sure. Yeah, well, get back to the Dynasty Report. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, he had a huge game, won me more than a few bets. I took a lot of TJ Hawkinson bets for this week, receptions, yards. It was a good week for him. I've heard some rumblings. Maybe he is worthy of the Dynasty tight end one. What are your thoughts? I'd probably say, going back to last season, since he's been with Minnesota to now, he's obviously much improved, better offense, more involved. He's pretty damn consistent, too, which is what we strive for, the tight end. If we can get one that's consistent, we're one lucky dog. Yeah, I mean, that's what separates the top five from the rest of the group, in my opinion, is consistency. They're going to put up, you know, a considerable amount of points every week. I I still have a hard time putting him over, you know, our, our bromance, Travis Kelsey. I don't know if I could necessarily do it, but he's, he's in contention to be up there. I think he absolutely deserves, since he's been with the Vikings, top two, top three, absolutely. Uh, currently, I've got him four anyways, so it's not like he's going up a crazy amount. But I, I, I think it'd be fair to put him at two currently over Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews. That's where I moved them up to after this game. I moved them up to two. The elite frog Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts, just is, not that he's not looking good, but the scheme's not looking good. The ball's not coming his way. He's not really being looked for. The Hawks giving you the production, and he's still 26, 26 in two months. So just turned 26. He's only – a hair over three years older than Kyle Pitts. Right. Which in tight ends um, is really nothing. I mean, he's right on that pace of, you know, like year four, year five. Although I've been a TJ Hawk fan for, you know, three years or whatever. Um, but this, I don't know, since midway last year till now is the most, like you said, consistent that he's been. So I would consider this kind of more of a breakout than anything. So he's, you know, right on that tight end breakout age area. I'm 26. That's still young. I also agree that the offensive schemes, like obviously the Vikings are going to pass the ball a crap ton. Uh, I can't remember exactly what Kirk Cousins, how many times he threw, but it was over 30, that's for sure, had over 300 yards. That's their MO. They've got three guys to feed, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawk. So I don't don't see Kyle Pitts, unfortunately. The Falcons are just washroom repeat, same thing they've done, or they did last year. They're just going to run the ball. They got Bijan, so I can't blame him, but I was hoping that wasn't going to be the case with the new quarterback. Right. After a certain point, we got to we gotta accept it. Yeah, Kurt threw the ball 44 times for 364, four tutties, no picks. Yeah. He also won me a few dollars. I took his over prop for 37 and a half pass attempts, 38 and a half. I didn't think he'd throw it 40 times, but 
He went out there and slung it around. He looked good doing it still. Did you say he had 44 pass attempts? Yep, 4-4. Four, four. And it was it's needed. Alexander Madison did not look good, did not show up. He had 44 pass attempts in week one also against the Bucks. Again, over, again over, again over, again over three hundred yards and one less pass and touchdown. So, obviously, their mo is to pass the ball forty plus times a game. Pretty much now, you got no run game. It's yeah, not coming you, back. Mean, you cut Dalvin Cook, so maybe Alexander Madison just looked good because Dalvin Cook looked good. Possibly, but speaking of Cook, the other Cook brother. Arguably the better one current day, James Cook. He had a career game for him, for himself. 17 carries for 123, four catches for 36 yards. No touchdowns, but 159 yards of total offense. So he put up some good points for you in PPR leagues. I've been a decent James Cook fan coming into the league, but I'm loving him now. I think he can still get him as a value. But previously in my rankings, he was gonna load. Let's see. Yep, he was down there at 23 out of DeAndre Swift. I've got him currently sitting at 14, right behind Josh Jacobs. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna lie, I had James Cook at the exact same number 23. Um <laughs> I thought that he was all hype coming in last year. I feel like we were kind of piggybacking him off of his brother's success and how good he is. Uh, he's completely different back than Dalvin. He's obviously more pass guessing back, but he, I mean, he's, he lit it up this last week. I, I think it's entirely fair. I've moved him up to 15 right behind uh, again, same thing, Josh Jacobs and uh, just ahead, Tony Pollard. Yeah, he's rising. He's got getting the carries. Damian Harris vulture the goal line touchdown. But I think we all expected that in some form or another when they signed him. But yeah, I love him. Go get him at a value while you still can before he starts getting into the end zone, getting 12-plus carries, four or five catches every week. He yeah, can be a perennial top 15 running back week in and week out. If he's utilized correctly and get, like you said, 15 15- 15 carries and five plus uh, catches a game, and that's 20 touches. We'll take that, take that all day from a you know not a true workhorse back. Yeah, pass catching plus running back, getting work light workhorse on the ground. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's kind of what we're hoping Jimmy be this year. Yeah, right now he might have a chance to prove it if they give him the ball. Yeah. Move on to our first wide receiver of the night. Former Michigan man, Miko Collins. Again, another player that had the game of his life. Although week one, he had six catches for 80 yards, so not bad at all. This week, he followed it up with seven catches for 146 and a touchdown. Although C.J. Stroud did have that huge game of 300-plus yards, so kudos to him. He looks He looks good as does Nico Collins. Finally seeing that potential, we've you and I saw at Michigan, hoping he would bring to the league, and he has arrived. 
Yeah, I mean, you and I have been on Nico Collins since he left Michigan. What is this year, three or four for him in the NFL? Uh, so, yeah, three. So maybe it's just neat that he needed a halfway decent, competent quarterback. I think C.J. Stroud looks okay so far. Tank Dell had a decent game as well. Um, but Nico, I'm not, I'm not going to say like he's jumped up crazy in my rankings or anything. Cause I want to see a little bit more consistency out of him. And, you know, like you said, just start stacking games like this, but, uh, it, it's definitely looking up for Nico Collins. He's definitely, I think in my top 40 currently where he was, I mean, he was ranked, but he was way down there. Yeah. I had him at 64. He went all the way up to 44. I've got him at 40. Um, it's currently kind of hard to justify guys in that range in a way, but he's jumped up a lot in mine as well. I don't know where he was before, but he jumped up a good 20 spots. Yeah, he is rising, and he's rising in a hurry. Still very, very young for you know wide receiver standards especially. He is currently 24, about 24 and a half. He's already in his third season. He's flashing. He's got himself a franchise quarterback, it looks like, early on. Go get him. Bye, bye, bye. A lot of people that have him or really have him because there's nothing you could do with him before now. I mean, it, it might, you know, have a little, little bit to do with, like, there's really nobody to throw the ball to in Houston, but I figured that would have been the case the last two years. Um, maybe C.J. Stroud just got the got the magic. I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad to see Nico, you know, showing out what you and I have seen from him since he was at Michigan. So um, I would go out there and buy him now and get him for cheap before he stacked a couple more of these games together this year. I think he's got, you know, wide receiver two upside personally. Oh, yeah, especially if you're a best ball player, go get him. I think in no, one of my yeah. best ball leagues, he put up 31 points. Same team, I have Tank Dell. He put up like 17, I think. They both made two out of my starting three receiver spots. Yeah. When, when you've got a, a guy that throws for almost 400 yards in a game, you, you'll you get that. Absolutely. Then we'll move on to our last two names here, the pair of running backs out in L.A. for the Rams. Kyron Williams had a huge week. Cam Akers did not play. He was a healthy scratch. Supposedly, they are having trade talks with a handful of teams to move Cam Akers. From his social media post, he's confused, just like everyone else. No idea what's going on. He's healthy. Uh, previously, we heard rumors that he was uh, basically a locker room disturbance, doing you know shit you shouldn't be doing, being disruptive. According to teammates and things like that, that's no longer the case. He's a model teammate, shows up, works hard. Doesn't cause any problems. So they must have a trade partner in pocket very close to pulling the deal, or there's no reason to not play him. He's going to help your team. Uh, I think this is all just they, they already they want him out. I think it's pretty plain and simple. They're, they're sick of him. I feel like it's kind of like Elijah Moore all over again with the Jets in a way. You know, they just, just want to get rid of him. Um, I think Cam Akers is plenty talented enough and would be a great addition to most teams. Um, it, it sucks. He hasn't, I don't think he's been given a fair shake since he came back from the injury. So 
you know, I still Cam Akers believer myself. He did drop a bit in my rankings because I don't know what's going on. I don't think anybody does. I texted you same thing. Like Cam Akers is getting traded. What the hell? You know what? Why? What happened? It's like you said, it was a healthy scratch, and then all of a sudden it comes out that they're looking to trade him, and it's makes no sense. No, and sorry about that. But makes you wonder where he could be going. Your Cowboys cut Ronald Jones today. So that leaves Rico Dowdell, Deuce Vaughn. They could bring up Malik Davis back from the practice squad. So there's an opening in Dallas. There's an opening for the Giants for at least a couple weeks. Uh, who else? The Browns. The Browns now. Yeah. Uh, there's someone else I'm not thinking of. Toronto Blake. But there's many teams out there that could use a running back of his nature. It'd I don't think form. I think Panthers could use him. I know they've got Miles Sanders, but <clears throat> Panthers would be all right. Well, they could, but with the money they have in Miles, I think they're pretty much stuck. No, they are. I don't think they have any free money anyways. Probably not anymore. I don't know who else. The Colts. Yeah, Colts would be a great one. I wasn't even thinking about them. That was that was should have been the obvious one. Yeah, should have been. Yeah, there's numerous teams out there they could be talking to. So we'll we'll see. He's gonna get moved at some point. It wouldn't be surprised. Surprise me if he's moved before the games this upcoming weekend. Which uh, if that does you... happen, good good for him getting out of that. Terrible situation that it appears to be for him personally. And hopefully he goes somewhere we can see see him on the field because he is very, very talented. Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall. Uh, Matt Stafford, I think both games, again, kind of similar to Kirk Cousins is, you know, passed the ball. He Against the 49ers, he had 55 passes. Like To me, that's absolutely crazy. Uh, obviously, in my, like I said, writing's on the wall. They don't seem to be wanting to use the run game, which makes no sense. Matt Stafford's old ball. Regardless, I love Cam Akers. If would you be buying Cam Akers currently, buddy? You should know the answer to that. I'm always buying Cam Akers, no matter what's going on. Same thing with Antonio Gibson. Yeah, yeah. Even though he fumbled week one, he might bounce back. We'll see. We'll see how a head old head coach down there is feeling about him. But I'm with you. I'd be buying Cam Akers all day right now. You could probably get him ex- stupid cheap right now. Oh, yeah, and probably get him for a third at most right now with having no job where he's currently at and waiting to see where he lands. Now's the perfect time that maybe that manager that has him is risk-averse, says, I don't want to see where he lands or how long it takes. I'll take the liquid asset and get out. A third was exactly what I was getting at, too. Uh, our trade segment earlier, I'd take J.K. Dobbins and tournament Cam Dakers all day long, brother. He's healthy and can run. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I'd do the same thing. Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, Kyron Williams. Say yeah. He looked good last week. Had a hell of a game for himself. Are you buying Kyron Williams at the moment with Cam Akers being moved? Are you maybe looking down the depth chart at six-round rookie pick, Zach Evans? Maybe trying I- to maybe get one step ahead? And go by him for the cheap, thinking they'll use a running back by committee like we've seen so many times. I'm not going to lie. I've got a, a fair f- 
a fair share of Kyron Williams in all of my leagues, and it's kind of paying dividends for me currently because, you know, obviously the Cam Maker situation going on. But I 100% would be going out there and buying a left train of thought. Zach Evans, yes, I would. I would 100% be buying be buying into him. Uh, just, to me, it's just a safe handcuff, and you could again probably get him for a third, probably about the same price you get Cam Akers for. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any Zach Evans. Surprisingly, I don't. Not with. I mean, he fell like crazy in the real draft. So, I that and I did. You know, going to the Rams, I was like, oh, that's Cam Akers, and they had Kyron Williams. I was like, there's no way he really touches the field, barring injury. We don't bet on injuries, but. This Cam Akers situation uh, makes things spicy, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at some of my teams now. I don't have them, and I'm going to be spamming offers for fourth-round picks tonight, and hopefully I get a couple nibbles. Look at this one best ball league I'm currently staring at. This guy I'm playing just has bad luck this week. He's got Nick Chubb. I have Jerome Ford. Oh. Well, who else? He's got Jamal Williams. Well, I just got a notification two minutes ago that he's doubtful to return with a hamstring injury. That sucks. I love Jamal. Also has Deont- Deontay Johnson. They got placed on IR today. Yeah, unfortunately for this guy, just a string of bad luck to start the year. Hopefully I come away with a W. His bad luck is my good luck for this week. But I'll kick it back to you. Back to Kyron Williams. You buying? You selling? You want no parts of them? What's the deal? Um, I'm not selling. I think I would. Nah, I take that back. I've got a lot of Kyron Williams. I'd probably sell him right now. His value is probably as high as it's ever going to be. Uh, my opinion. I am a fan of Kyron Williams. I I like the way he plays the game. I like like what he does. I just personally don't think it's sustainable in this offense. I, I think the Rams are. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like the Falcons with Matt Ryan passing the ball 40-plus times a game. Uh, he's going to have boom weeks like this where he scores two touchdowns. You take away both those touchdowns, he got you eight points. Yeah, I have, I think, one share of him. Maybe two. But I know one team I have him on. I'm not looking to be too out of a contender so far. Might see if I can sneak a second-round pick out of somebody at most. But I'd be trying to move them at all costs right now. Yeah, that's that's oh. the same thing I'm going to do. I think I've got him in three leagues, and I took him just for you know basically shits and giggles. And I took him late because I think they were all startups this year. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll be putting them on the trade block. Yeah, in this league it was a Devi auction. I got him for one dollar. So. I'm going to try to turn that $1 into a second-round pick, even though it might be Debbie depleted. I'd rather take that shot on a Debbie running back over him. He could be replaced at any minute, especially with Sean McVay and the way they run their team. Get out from under him while you can. I mean, like you said, they drafted a six-round running back last year that I personally think is more talented than Kyron Williams. I still don't really get why Zach Evans fell like the way he did, but I still like him better as a player than – Kyron Williams. Yeah, he's the more talented runner. Kyron Williams is a – I don't know what I'm looking for, but he's a master at pass pro. 
pass blocking. That's yeah. easily his best skill. But we'll move from the dynasty report to the rookie report. Same thing. It's talking strictly rookies, what they did the previous week, and if it made an impact on our rankings and our values. Uh, Jordan Addison, second week in a row, he scored a touchdown. He had 64 yards. He's looking like he can be an every week starter in your flex next to JJ at this point, Ian Hawk. He's the odd man out. You know, all the attention's going to JJ. Now it's going to Hawk. And then there's Addison wide open down the field. I know you love him. I know he was my wide receiver. As high as my wide receiver, too. In this, this, the last year's class. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm right there with you. He was as high as my wide receiver, too. <clears throat> I thought about flipping him to one, but I was always on the JSN train. I never really got off maybe fangirling because I'm a Buckeye fan. But uh, regardless, I do love Jordan Addison. Went out there and played USC with our boy Caleb Williams for a year. That was awesome to see. But um, I, I think this this offense, it's, it's just well put together. They got rid of Dalvin Cook, saved money. They're not going to run the ball, so what's the point in paying him exorbitant amount of money to pass the ball 40 times a game? Justin Jefferson, like you said, is going to get a lot of attention. Hawks can get a lot of attention now. So Jordan Addison's just, you know, odd man out, getting one-on-one matchups and getting the ball thrown deep, and he's coming down with it. I love me some Jordan Addison. Uh, he's, I'm, he's up in my rankings without a doubt. He's the best wide receiver, rookie wide receiver in this. Well, yeah, yeah, pump the brakes. Yeah, pump the brakes there a little bit, but he's definitely top two, top three. Yeah, I think right now I have him wide receiver 25. Uh, he is the second rookie receiver behind Jason. Uh, give me, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. He is 26 for me, and same thing. He's JSN's above him. He's second wide, second rookie wide receiver. Uh, QJ's kind of fallen for me a lot too because I don't. He's not getting any any touches. So, no, not yet. He's got to wait for a man to fall down and get his his shine this season, which is unfortunate for him being a first round pick and being fourth on the totem pole behind Josh Palmer. Yep. On to another wide receiver, Zay Flowers. Somebody I. would did not whatsoever, to be quite honest with you. Was not high on him in the slightest. But he appears, appears to be Lamar's number one guy. Back-to-back weeks of over 10 PPR points. He's looking pretty good. He's lived up to the late hype that he received. Yeah, I mean, uh, he kind of did kind of storm on the scene late last year, you know, during the rookie draft season, so... Um, I wasn't a super big fan of him because he's, you know, smaller stature type of guy, but it's, they're making it work out there in Baltimore. Uh, I'd like him a lot better if he was getting in the red zone a little bit more, but you know, uh, seems like it's still pretty run dominant team. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Um, he is probably my, about the same as what he was coming in wide receiver four, rookie wide receiver four. Where do you currently have him in your overall rankings? I know for me, he went up nine spots from 43 to 34. 
So he's making a pretty big impression on me. Yeah, he's um he's 38 for me. He's behind guys like Elijah Moore, Jerry Judy. Um he's he's still got room to go up for sure. As long as he keeps getting the the target share he's getting over there, I think he'll he could crack top 30 here in the next week or so. Yeah, he very well could if he keeps getting fed the way he is. And so far, looks like that's going to continue. I don't see any reason why it not to. So, just a matter of time. Uh, Zay Flowers or Jamison Williams? Zay Flowers. I think I'm pretty well out on Jamison Williams. Um, it's just not not quite a fan anymore, man. Uh, Zay Flowers or Johan Dotson? See, that gets a little more interesting because I think Jahan Dotson is a, a better polished receiver than a guy like Jamison Williams. Um, I say Zay Flowers mostly because of Lamar. Okay. Now this one. Zay Flowers or Christian Watson? Christian Watson. Okay. I'm, I'm still huge on Christian Watson, man. I... I, I believe in the kid. I feel hey, like he's good. Jordan gonna... Love is doing the damn thing, man. He's yeah, borderline that... top 10 for me. Oh, who are you telling? I moved him up crazy in my rankings. Um, let me look. I got him at 12. Yeah. I moved him ahead of uh, Bryce. I've got him. I've got him at 11 ahead of Deshaun Watson. There you go. There you have it. He's he's looking good too. He looks competent, confident. He knows what he's doing. He learned a thing or two from A Rod over the past what three years? Three three years, yeah. Confident, competent, and just in control. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say he's the next Aaron Rodgers because I just don't believe in the you know, he sat three years and gonna win a Super Bowl thing, though. But I I think he's right on the doorstep of cracking that top 10 for me personally. I, I also, I know kind of side tangent, Justin Fields fell way down for me. I'm out on Justin Fields. So I kind of cleared up that space for Jordan Love to come up to 11 for me. Yeah. I'm glad I sold him in the off season for Marvin Harrison and a first round Debbie picks that turned out to be Drew Aller. There you go. Made out like a fat rat. Absolutely. I just, I mean, I, I know a little bit of, you know, rabbit hole here, but, and Justin Fields just—he ain't it, brother. No, no, get out while you can. He, he just—he right he missed. He's missed so many wide open receivers this season. He's—he's just—he doesn't see the field, and it's kind of what everybody was saying about reading defenses coming out of college. It's—it's it's all true. It's all true. It hurts to say, but it—it—it was—it was wrong. Even DJ Moore can't save him at this point. DJ Moore broke over 100 yards this last game, but you know he—I think he missed two guys wide open on the same play for touchdowns. It, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. And then yeah, that was the blaming typical... the blaming the pick six on the o, OC at the end of the game. You, you can't do that either. You got to take accountability for your actions. You got to be more like Kirk Cousins when he was talking about uh, it was Justin Jefferson fumbling or whatever, and he was like, "No, that was my fault. If I put that ball in the money where it should have been." He would have never had to make that move and wouldn't have fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm out on fields. He's done. Yeah, the player you're talking about, he missed, missed two guys for touchdowns. It was a pretty simplistic 
very simple concept that they were running too. It was if the guy that goes inside takes the safety, you go over the top. If the safety goes over the top, you hit the guy underneath. And he didn't hit either of them. I was it, saying, and they both were they both were wide open. I shouldn't yeah, say the the guy on the low guy because it was kind of not necessarily a levels concept, but it kind of was. Like you said, you got a low and a high. Uh, they both were wide open. The lower guy probably wouldn't have scored, but he was wide open. The the guy that did the, I think it was a post across the middle. I mean, wide open would have walked into the end zone. It it's probably one of the worst misses I've seen from an NFL starting quarterback ever. Yeah, yeah. There there was no pressure at that time. It's just like he had his eyes closed. Oh, Bryce Young took off for a nice thirty yard run. Which I thought it was just interesting and why I had that uh, puzzled look on my face a minute ago. It was third and one. They took Bryce out and put in Andy Dalton. And all it was was a pitch play to Miles Sanders. It wasn't QB sneak or nothing. So I was a little confused why they bring Dalton in for that. I'm not quite sure. I don't get that either. I would much rather have my starter doing that, who's also a a threat to, you know, run the ball as well compared to bringing Andy Dalton in for a third and one pitch. Unless yeah, Bryce Young just can't pitch the ball. Or maybe maybe that hand that he would pitch with is hurt. I don't know. You know, we don't know all the details, but I don't like it. Unless it's something crazy like that, and then it makes sense. But if, you know, it's due to injury, then maybe you shouldn't be playing, buddy. <clears throat> right about that. But back to the wide receivers. Touched on them earlier. Tank Dell had a big day, 70-plus yards. Are you in on Tank Dell, or are you still not a big fan, not sold on him just yet? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tank Dell. Um, I wasn't really in on anybody on the Texans, uh, simply for the fact it's like it's a, the Southern Bears. Their organization just isn't ran for crap. They – Seemed to rotate quarterbacks all the time. You know, they had this John Watson for a few years, and that was great. Got rid of him. Well, got rid of his his best wide receiver for pennies on the dollar. And then, you know, the whole Deshaun scandal. But um, they offensively, you know, those three that we've we've talked about, CJ, uh, Nico, who we've been a fan of, and Tank Dell, I think they're all three. Obviously, the first two are extremely rosterable. You're kind of dumb if you don't have them, in my opinion. But Tank Dell – I don't think it's this year. I mean, he's best ball. I'd take him all day long this year. But I think he's a, a next-year play, kind of like uh, Jonathan Mingo in a way. You know, I think they drafted him. Obviously, C.J. Stroud put a good word in for him, and one of them said he would love to have him as a wide receiver. He saw something in him. They're gonna. They're obviously building a connection down there in Houston. It's To me, it's a long-term play. Yeah, I love me some Tank Dell, especially in best ball. Lineup, yeah, I'll still roster him because, like you said, next year, once he builds a little bit better rapport with C.J. Stroud, Robert Woods is assumably out of the way, paves the way for him to be next to Nico Collins as the number two in the offense. So get him while he's cheap. He, had a, he popped in preseason. He's popping again now. It's starting to become a trend and not an outlier. Yeah, we're starting to see it be consistent, and that's – all we ask for from these guys is consistency. And as soon as they start being consistent, their value skyrocket. So I'd get him cheap now before he does this two or three more times. 
Yeah, now on to the superstar, Puka superstar. Nakua. Who? He just, he's good, man. He's flat out. He's just good. I don't know what there is to say about him at this point. He's a target hog, and he's doing something with him. And yeah, I he's mean, he's not working out of the slot primarily. So one would assume, even when Cooper Cup comes back, there's still a role for him. He's not going to get pushed back to the side. I mean, for God's sakes, 15 targets week one, 20 week two. Caught 10 balls and then 15. He hasn't got in the end zone yet. But right now, he's averaging over 10 and a half yards a catch. He's getting your first down. He's getting you 10 to 15 first down the game. I mean, 20 targets and 15 receptions against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the guy's talented as hell. You know, that, that That's a given at this point. You don't get targeted that many times by Matt Stafford if you're not talented. He did the same thing Cooper Cup a couple years ago, and they were, you know, in the Super Bowl. He, 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 he sticks to that one wide receiver, which to me when Cooper Cup comes back, he's going to go back to Cup. Um, I'm not going to say that Puka Nakua, I love saying that name, is going to be completely obsolete. But his target share is going to be severely diminished when Cooper Cup comes back. But to me, right now, he's—if anybody had him—he's the absolute steal of the draft. Yeah, his his target share will be at least cut in half, and even then, you're talking all around ten targets a game. Yeah, you can't be mad at that, especially now, for a what, six round pick, someone most of us got off waivers or spent a fifth rounder on. That's assuming Matt Stafford throws 50 balls a game. So, but it's entirely possible. You know, like we touched on earlier, it seems like they don't care to run the ball unless it's a not, you know, an easier score for the running back compared to passing the ball. But uh, Puka Nakua, I mean, again, I love saying that name, talented as hell, and and I'd be roused him all over the place. Oh man, I can hear the groans from Bank of America Field down the road from me. This Panthers offense is just no good right now, man. Bryce Young nope. missed the guy that could have possibly scored a touchdown. Now they settled for three. Down by four with five and a half left and giving the ball back. Mm. And I needed that touchdown for my prop. And I'm not going to get it. Was that your uh, half a touchdown from Bryce Young prop? Yep. Yep. I thought that was about as easy as it gets. Apparently not. It should have been, but, you know, Bryce Young, I think year one, I think Bryce Young is going to be, he is extremely talented and he has a potential to be a, you know, a franchise quarterback, but year one, it's tough. He, to me, doesn't have a whole lot of options. So. No, but we'll get back to the rookie report. I don't have Puka ranked right now. I was waiting until week three, but I'm going to have to rank him now. That's for sure. I'm not sure where you're at. But where would do you think you're possibly going to have him ranked? All things considered, you know, possible upside, possible future outlook once Cooper Cup is back. Maybe Stafford throws the ball 30 times. What kind of range I, are you looking at for Puka? I mean, I'm I'm going to say he's probably in the, you know, wide receiver three range currently. I mean, he's put up crazy numbers so far. Um, I'd have a hard time not putting him there. 
to be completely honest. Even when Cooper Cup comes back, I still think he's got that he's got that upside. I mean, guy puts up. I, I can't bet against the guy who had 15 catches for 150 yards. I just I can't, and he's done it back to back weeks. I can't do it. And he hasn't hit he the end zone yet, like he said. 33, 32. About a mid-wide receiver three. Yeah. That, to me, I, I feel like that's justifiable with what he's done the past two weeks. You know, he could, again, week three, he does something similar to this. Another 15 targets and 10, 12 catches, 100-plus yards. And if he, if he cracks the end zone, I mean, he's definitely cracking the top 30 in my rankings. Same as you, though. He's not currently ranked. Didn't really feel the need to rank him. You know, this 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 guy to me is the surprise of the draft. So Puka or Terry McLaurin? And that's tough. Probably Puka. Um, that's really tough because. Terry McLaurin, so to me, consistent, you know, and he's he's going to continue to be consistent. Uh, Puka, to me, is is a bigger risk, but that's kind of the guys that we like, um, riskier flyer guys that have the potential to, to do more. So I'm I'm going to go Puka. It's it's close. I could, I could coin flip it. I think the biggest thing is age, for me. Okay, so we'll, we'll go with a couple guys. Well, one guy that's not too old, and one guy that's a little older. Apuka or Jerry Judy? Jerry Judy, I think at this point, Russell Wilson looked halfway decent last game. So, um, you know, we'll see if that continues, but I think I'll go Jerry Judy. Okay, and last one, Puka or Debo Samuel? Oh, you're a dickhead. Um, had he not got that rushing touchdown, I'd probably say Puka, but Debo. He's still, he's still awesome. Still a threat. I still think it's Ayuk over Debo personally. Debo's still up there though. He's still top twenty-four in my rankings. Yeah, this past week it was Debo was the number one, statistically speaking, of course. So it seems like it's going to be a back and forth thing with those two. Not a bad problem to have at all. No, absolutely not. And Purdy's going to spread it around. Yeah, he's he's made it pretty clear with the way he does it that he's not afraid to share the ball we'll move on to back to the texans tj stroud mentioned earlier 300 plus yards he looked really good what are you thinking about your guy now you a little bit more confident in him uh i mean i'm more confident in him and justin fields that's for sure but he's actually since you know the beginning of the year he's move down in my rankings, but I don't really think it's necessarily his fault. It's just the guys I have above him, I have to have above him. You know, I've got like Daniel Jones ahead of him currently. Daniel Jones has killed it this year. Matt Stafford, I still like Bryce Young better. I moved Kirk Cousins up to 13. He's absolutely killing it. So it's not necessarily what C.J. Stroud is doing wrong. It's just he's getting outperformed. Would you rather have C.J. Stroud over Bryce today? Yeah, I like CJ's weapons a little better. Granted, I think Bryce's O line's a little better, but I, I think I like CJ's weapons a little better. CJ Stroud or Drake May? 
currently CJ Stroud. I'm Drake May has fallen down for me. I don't even have him as a QB two anymore in the twenty four class. Unfortunately, I'm in the same boat. I think I would take Stroud. I'd even take Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't think there's. I mean, there, I don't. There's not any clear cut studs in college right now that I would take over any of the rookie quarterbacks outside of Caleb Williams currently. And I love Shadur Sanders, who is now my QB two in the 24 class, but I'd still at this point probably still give me CJ over him. Okay. Uh, damn it. Alave just took in a 16 yard touchdown. Hopefully the, Oh, that might stepped out of bounds. It'll be coming back. Oh, move on to the one one and Superflex drafts, Anthony Richardson. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Bajan. Uh, he wasn't the 101. No. Sure he was. Anthony Not Richardson. Well, sure. But as the community, it was Bijan, I'd say. Yeah. Probably. Still. But community, community, can, really community can be wrong. It's wrong. Community's wrong. We're wrong all the time. Especially when we group think. That's right. He had a, a full day's worth of work in less than a half. Two rushing touchdowns right out of the gate. He put up, depending on your scoring, 17, 20-ish points. I know you and I will talk about it a little bit, but we both had him in the uh, DraftKings faceoff that we're doing, and he got almost 18 points. He didn't do really a whole hell of a lot and didn't play the whole game. Right. Like you said, he did a full game's worth of work in a half a game. Well, he can put it on you in a hurry. I love it. They are building something around him in Indy, even without Jonathan Taylor currently. If they keep JT around, this offense could be special with him at the helm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, we were pretty big on Anthony Richardson last year, although he had quite a few ups and downs at Florida. But then we started seeing that arm talent, and it was like, man, this kid's something special. He's, without a doubt, both of our 101. Had to give you shit on Bijan because a lot. I think the community sees Bijan as the 101, even in Superflex leagues. But uh, personally, I think Anthony Richardson is as good a runner athletically as Lamar Jackson, maybe a tad bit better in his arm, in my opinion, uh, right up there with the best in the league. Uh, he he's going to have a little bit of learning to do when it comes to, you know, like touch and stuff, but his arm talent to me, you know, top three in the league today. I can see that. I know I will not be making that mistake ever again, taking a running back over a quarterback and super flex at the one-on-one. I did it with some Bijan, but I was good at quarterback. And, of course, did it years ago with Clyde over Burrow, Tua, Herbert. Never again. And take the quarterback. Value-wise, that's that's the right choice. Because look at A-Rich now. Look at C.J. Stroud starting to ascend. Not saying, you know, should have taken C.J. Stroud over Bijan, but where has Bijan's value gone? I no mean, way. he's at the peak already. He's RB1. Yeah, I was going to say, we've, we've had Bijan as the RB1 before he was even drafted. So you can't go higher than one. So all these quarterbacks are obviously not going to start at one. They're not going to start at five. Top five is pretty well locked in. 
So their values are a lot more liquid and can move a lot more fluid than Bijan. Bijan has one place to go and it's down. Hopefully not for a while. Yeah, I don't think he's going down anytime soon. I think he's going to be the stopgap from what we've seen the last couple of years of JT's number one. Now Brees Hall's looking good for three weeks. He's number one. Travis Etienne's in the conversation. Kenneth Walker's up there. DeAndre Swift goes out there and gets a crazy game. Yeah, that's only in your book, buddy. But I, I think he's going to be a stopgap. He'll be number one. He'll be there for years to come, barring catastrophic injury, knock on wood, anything hugely negative like that. I think he's going to stop the revolving door for quite some time. Yeah, he's he's just the current day Saquon in a way, in my opinion. He'll be the RB1 staying healthy for the next two, three years easy. Yeah, that's the only reason why Saquon dropped injuries. If he would have had a healthy career, he'd still be top three, I'd say. With his I mean, to be completely honest with you, I still have him top six. You know, so he'd easily be, yeah, top three had he stayed healthy the whole time. Yeah, I got him number six. So I'm right there with you. Then we'll move on to his counterpart, my dynasty running back to Jameer Gibbs. Saw an expanded workload, more opportunities, more touches, more conversions. He looked better, more involved. And now with David Montgomery, maybe we'll see more. And he'll be able to take over that backfield possibly. But I'm not wavering on him, not panicking. Sure as hell ain't selling him. I would maybe try to buy the dip if you got a worrisome manager in your league. At least knock on the door and see what he says. And see see what he's what he's offering or what he's taking. Yeah, I'm with you on Jameer. Uh, also, my RB two in Dynasty. Crazy to say, you know, the two highest rookies in this class are one and two respectively in Dynasty. But all things considered, it makes sense. Uh, you kind of touched on it with David Montgomery going out. It just opens up opportunity for for Jameer Gibbs. So I'm not wavering on him either. I think. Right now is the time to buy before the next game they play. Uh, yeah, for sure, especially with a big-time matchup that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to. If he looks pretty good, that buy window might be slammed shut. Yeah. The buy window might still be open, but the price doubled. So I, I think now is absolutely the time to buy, like you said. That owner, you know, panicking owners, you know, step on the door, knock on it, see if they answer. If they answer, ask what they want. The worst they can say is no. That's true. You never know the answer until you ask it. Or you never know the answer to a question until you ask it. That's right. Good old. Especially in Dynasty. You see trades all the time. Damn it. I would have gave way more than that. Right. Well, you didn't ask, so. You're SOL. I love guys that are guys that are like that. Oh, they gave you more. Well, he was on the trade block and you didn't ask about him, so he snoozed you. Right. I wish you would I wish you would offered more. I wanted more out of him, but nobody else was knocking. Exactly. Especially with him going head to head with Bijan. If he outproduces him or produces similar to him, he his hype could go right back up. That oh well. Why go buy Bijan when I can buy Jameer Gibbs, who is 90% of his production for less the price, for a little bit cheaper? 
Exactly. Um, I mean, we've said it plenty of times, but you know, you get 90, 95% of the production for 70, 75% of the price. You know, why not do it? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure anybody who listens would do that. Um, and I, I think Tamir Gibbs, you know, I mean, I know that we have him highly ranked and we're not wavering on him, but I feel like his production could take a, a steep incline because we haven't seen him you know, split out wide really yet. I haven't seen these special packages that we heard about in the off or preseason with him. I, I think that he hadn't really been incorporated in the passing game as much as we heard in the preseason. He had, this could be a game changer with the Montgomery injury. Yeah, it might just be the door that needed to be open for him. Yeah. Ooh, I'm a, a notification on Twitter. Looks like Jeff Mueller, the injury expert for Destination Debbie. He said that from his point of view, he likely thinks that Chubb is dealing with a knee location and or a multi-ligament tear. Mm. He should be taken to the hospital to ensure no arterial damage. Absolutely brutal injury. So that just confirms our suspicion that it is something serious from the naked eye, an injury expert's opinion. And it's unfortunate. Absolutely unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, he's a doctor. We're not having him say that. To me, I felt like it was pretty obvious that it was something serious. You know, you Knees aren't meant to bend that way, not naturally. No. <laughs> so, you know, hope and pray for speedy recovery for Nick Chubb. I mean, that, that was that was absolutely brutal. But it's nice to have a guy kind of back up that's, you know, a doctor and knows what he's talking about, kind of back up what we said earlier. Exactly. And right now Nick Chubb is 27 years old and eight months. So more than likely by next time we see him on the field, he'll be – Pushing 29. Yeah. So if you're looking to sell your Nick Chubb, good luck to you at this point. Yeah, you're about to no Derrick Henry, in my opinion. He's had multiple knee injuries, adding on another one, being almost 28. His dynasty outlook is very bleak. I mean, we pretty much have given up J.K. Dobbins on an Achilles injury, and he's only 23, 24. So a running back that's got way less tread on his tires, has gotten a lot more work, has had significant knee injuries, I believe in both knees. I mean, it, and is now, going, like you said, going to be almost 29 come time to return. Uh, I mean, he's, he's going to die on your bench, man. I don't think he's not worth the risk for anybody at this point. I hate to say it. I mean, cause he's a monster. He, I had him at RB11 in my rankings previous to the injury. It sucks. Yeah, he's my RB10, and he was my showdown captain on the one lineup I played tonight for the Steelers-Browns game. So I can kiss that bye and goodbye. Right, that sucks, man. And speaking of DraftKings, on to our final segment of the night, our head-to-head DraftKings face-off. You got me in week one, no doubt about it. Uh, I came back for revenge, and I came back in a ball of fury. I am spanking your ass by 49 right now. And it looks like it's going to end that way. 
So even it up a one to one. Took my money back that I lost to you last week. Tied up those bragging rights. So it feels good to get to win this week. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, because we had a few players exactly the same. Yeah, we had I mean, A-Rich, Kenneth Walker. I think the boat stops there. Yeah, it stops there. I thought it was more than that for some reason, but... You know, put up more than 35. That's what, about a fourth-year production from those two? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Only next week. Now, you know, we'll, we'll probably go pretty 50 50 throughout the year. Like you said, I had you last week. You had me this week. You know, we, we were on the same boat in a couple places. And, you know, where you zigged, I zagged. You know, I wish I went with TJ Hawkinson. And I don't think I'm never going to do him without Puka Nakua. So, you know, you, you set a good lineup, man. Kudos, kudos to you. I'd, I picked Tyler Algier. I was hoping for another TD or two this week. Probably should have shied away from that. Well, we had two last week. You know, just... Yeah, you and Algier. I went Bijan. <laughs> just a perfect storm my way. I mean, Brock Purdy outscored Tua. You know, it's it's hard to hard to compete with that. Yeah, I was on our Gridiron Fantasy uh, Twitter Sunday morning for a few hours and Took some start sick questions, and that was probably the most popular one was evolving Tua. And I, every single one, I went the other other way. Did you? Simply because he struggled against the Patriots and Belichick. But he is five and zero. Oh, he's undefeated. But fantasy wise, he yeah, hasn't he's, put up great games. No, he hasn't. I was hoping to for that to change this week. I figured I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do it against you, but when I do DFS lineups against the whole, like I want to be contrarian and be different than everybody else. That way, if it hits, I have a better chance because not everybody's going to have the same lineup. So I figure a lot of people weren't in on Tua for that reason. He hasn't produced well against the Patriots. So went contrarian, probably shouldn't. But, you know, it's, it's all a learning experience. I'll figure it out. It's only week two. Yeah, I mean, for me, contrarian's not the right way to go in a head-to-head like this. I personally treat head-to-head like their cash game lineups, you know, the double-ups. It's where you're looking for that solid floor. You're not, you know, shooting for the contrarian high upside to, you know, get as far up as the leaderboard to get the most money. I just want to cross that finish line. Because whether you're first or 50th out of 100, you're going to double your money. Right. I, I try to, myself, I try to stay away from the contrarian. And damn it. Bryce Young just threw a pretty dime down to about the three-yard line. And the receiver caught it and ran straight out of bounds. He didn't even make an effort to turn around and get in the end zone. Just They are down by two possessions. So he wanted to save that time and not get down in bounds. Damn it. If he could have just scored that. I hate to hear that for you, friend. I, I hope that they're probably going to kick a field goal, aren't they? Or are they down by two touchdowns? They're down by 11, and they're at about the three-yard line. I think the Saints just called a timeout on defense. Mm. Uh, last I saw, the Panthers had two timeouts, so they would definitely need an onside kick situation. Which, gotcha. I don't know. The way the receiver caught the ball and just darted for the sideline, maybe that's their strategy. 
get a field goal, but I'd be going for the touchdown. Yeah, you know, when you, I mean, when you're, when you're, it's it's weird in situations like that. You know, to me, this is completely different. This isn't dynasty football related at all. But you know, if you're getting in, if you're anticipating wanting to kick a field goal, you don't take a shot down to the three. You no. get inside, you get inside field goal range and kick your field goal. Adam Thielen touchdown, baby. There it is. There you go. Yeah, if you're going to kick a field goal, there's no point in trying to get as close as you possibly can. You know, hit that comfortable field goal range for your kicker and boot it. Save save the time. Yeah, I mean, I'd try and get inside the 35, kick your field goal, and then go from there. 35 is a 52-yarder. If you're in the NFL, you should be able to knock that through. You know, when, oh, when yeah. in doubt, when in doubt, when in doubt, get it to 50. You know, it's that's still only the 33. But I'm, I'm glad they went for it and got a touchdown. Oh, me too. Now, if only Allen Robinson can t- catch another one pass and George Pickens catch three more in the second half, complete my sleeper slip for the night. Oh, they just got a two-point conversion as well. Two Thielen again. There you go. So down by three with a minute 16 and two timeouts. Well, if they don't get the onside and they get you know, two quick stops back to third down and get a stop again, they're looking at, what, 20 seconds left after a pun maybe? Yeah, I'd say clock, roughly? Pro- probably about 20. I mean, enough time to get in field goal range, I'd say. Yeah. Just wouldn't have any timeouts, but whatever. It can be done. It'd be all, it'd be all out routes. We've seen Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes do it. Yeah, way, way too many times. They've made a career out of doing it. So Bryce it Young, easy. Bryce Young can do it once in his rookie year. I'd say he's pretty special. Yeah, he looked very good on that last drive. I will say, he's he's got it between the ears, man. I I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I think so. This offense, you know, he's a rookie. He's on a mediocre offense, but he has a great coaching staff around him. I'd say probably a top 10 coaching staff in the NFL led by Frank Wright. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to develop a quarterback. So I don't, Oh, oh. Nope. Saints got it. It was bouncing for a second there. Yeah. I got full confidence. He'll be a fantasy, a fantasy relevant super flex quarterback, top 15 type of upside at some think- point. Once they get some more weapons around him, yeah, I think he's got top 15 upside all day long. Like you said, I mean, they only really need to get him one. Hopefully Mingo becomes that, but if they get him another one that's like a true wide receiver one, a new age Tua, in my opinion. Yeah, go all out for T. Higgins. Why not? That'd be a good fit, too. You know, Adam yeah. Thielen only signed a one-year deal. Go out there, get T. Higgins. I'd like that. Ah, Saints are up to the Saints' old trickery. No Derek Carr quarterback. They got Taysom Hill. Oh, uh, direct snap. There's a first down. Came over. Hate to see it. Yeah. Go figure. Taysom Hill's the one that seals it. <laughs> and it's crazy. I feel like we've talked about Taysom Hill for like eight years. That guy's getting up there. Yeah. He had another key. He was the running back on the last play. It was like third and one on their last scoring drive. They gave it to him right up the gut. From the running back position, he got the first down. Mm. He's just everywhere. 
He's a great best ball player. Yeah, he can't be stopped. Yeah, absolutely. I'd best ball lineup him, or I'd have him my best ball team any day of the week. He has the potential to get three touchdowns. Speaking of that, we need to get you into the best ball more. Nope. Mm-mm. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Lineup leagues. No, no, no. I don't want to hear that. You missed one or two of your lineups this past weekend. Lineup leagues. It's where it's at, my friend. No, no. You're the guy the commissioner has to keep an eye on. It's only week. It's only week two. We'll be okay. Unbelievable. Throwing off the competitive balance, giving out free wins. Bang, bang, it's only bang. week two. It's only week two. This game won't matter. You say that till you miss the playoffs by one game. When I say that by yeah. missing it by one game, I'll be pretty mad. I'm I think I'm cruising for a not a bruising, but I'm I'm productive struggling for Caleb Williams in every league. That's that's the game plan. Regardless of how good my team is. All right. I can feel feel your wallet taking a beating from here from all those buy-ins you're forfeiting the next two years. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. I've been there. All in all, productive struggle is my favorite way to go. It's the most fun. I think it's the most fun. See, and if you're doing a productive struggle, I feel like that's taken away in a best ball league. Uh, uh, somewhat. Somewhat. Just got to be strategic about it. Oh, like you think productive struggle. You don't really think best ball, though. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a different – it's different. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to think in best ball, at least on sleeper for Dynasty, there's no IR, there's no taxi. Right. So, like, one of our Debbie leagues, I got Bijan stacked, stashed on my taxi because I don't need him. I don't want to win. Yeah, you got dirty asshole. Nobody's noticed yet. I'm just waiting. I'm surprised, to be honest. It's okay. I've got, I think I've got like two or three shares of Anthony Richardson, and two of them, he is on my taxi. The one that I have him, he's not on my taxi. He's my, he's definitely my QB one. Yeah, you're not wrong there. But we'll go ahead and get out of here for the night. And get out of your ears. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. Please give us all a follow on Twitter. Mine is at Gump seven two eight five. Derek is D underscore Cook nine three, and that's spelled K O C H. Then you can find the podcast on all social media at Gridiron underscore FS. And if you could please give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we would greatly appreciate it. Really help us out on that front. And we'll see you guys again on the next episode. See you. Thanks for listening.